I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they missed the bowl of kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. Well, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. Wakanda. Hey, people. I didn't hear you. <laughs> she done messed it up already. <laughs> Come on, DeAndre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely keeping it Wakanda. All right. So, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, Craft and shit like that. So today, we got my girl back, Lisa Bolakaja, in the house. Why? Where was I last time? I'm sure I last wonder. time wasn't you I. You were in prison last oh, time. Oh, I was in prison <laughs> last time. <laughs> <laughs> I just got out, y'all. <laughs> I'm a, got out. She started from the bottom. Oh, and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa Bolakaja in the house. My man Chris Derek from the writing directing team, the Derek Brothers. What's up, Chris? Not much. That was awesome the other night, wasn't it? I know. Shh. Hey, y'all better go out and see a quiet, quiet place. That shit was awesome. I did. A, um, I moderated the panel with the two writers the other night. Oh, I have photos for um, you to send you. Okay, cool. I mean, everybody presented them to me, which has been awesome because everybody takes from different angles. So it's been really cool. Um, so we're gonna have them on the show soon. They're awesome. Um, so shout out to Brian and Scott. They were awesome. Um, but it was a packed house, Lisa. It was I, like I never it was like it was like it was like. Uh, well, you were there for Black Panther too, right? I wasn't there for that. Oh, it was mm-hmm. like Black Panther. Except, actually, we had more people standing around for Black Panther. It was that crowded at the Writers Guild Theater. It was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. So, anyway, shout out to y'all motherfuckers. Um, So, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So, today, we figured we'd do a little chop it up. You know, what's been going down. This might come out in a couple of weeks, so we might be a little behind by the time it comes out. But you know how we do it on the Ram Room. You know um, how we do. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so, what's been going down, Lisa? Lisa, Cold Jam, you All just right, came so where you come we from. All right, so we're going to title this episode... <clears throat> Beyonce's Coachella. <laughs> Beychella. Beychella, yes. No, you know what? I uh, Everyone, uh, well, when this drops, whenever this drops, uh, everyone's talking about Coachella and uh, the black as fuck Beyonce performance. Mm-hmm. I think she started off Lift Every Voice and Sing. She brought in, like, because people were talking about how she had hired like 150 some odd dancers. Mm-hmm. And then my first thought was, really? she's going to bring the HPCU experience the black. Oh, right. because when you have that many dancers mm-hmm. somebody is stomping the art somebody <laughs> they're gonna be some sorors and some fraternity that cute dog is gonna be a, something's going down when you got that many and a part of it is things because last year if y'all remember she was supposed to headline and then um she announced that she was having her twin babies and that she would not have to perform and lady gaga had to take her place so oh, i think that she had to go she had to go a little extra right you know she was gonna bring it anyway because one of the things i have to say even though i'm not a beyonce fan i'm a i'm a fan of the beehive mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. I just think it's wonderful that all these Did wonderful. You see fans. Just look at she just she just looked at you like no, you it's okay. <laughs> no, people like what they like, you know. And cut you with three eyes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, let them, don't, don't, let, don't let them lie on me like that. I, you know, I respect your creative freedom. You know, you don't have to like Beyonce. That's fine. That doesn't take anything away from me. Yes, but I do like <laughs> this new, the last. Uh, Two or three albums that she's done. Mm-hmm. I've liked the the maturing and this new. Because I, one of the things I have to understand is too, a lot of times when you have pop artists that come out and, you know, it's kind of like the whole Michael Jackson effect. You come out, you're young, you've been in the business for a long time, your parents been running things, and she's gotten to a space now where she has the creative freedom and the finances to do whatever the hell right. she wants to do. Right. And I think she's taking advantage of that, and I think this is a great lesson for other artists. I just wish a lot of artists would get there sooner, but it's okay. I understand that. People a have their are, own A people lot of artists aren't growth. allowed people, to. Uh, people uh, have their growth. See, here's the thing that's interesting about you say that. Is that she has she has evolved who she is as an artist. And I love that. As I look at, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day, we were talking about Christina Aguilera. And it's mm-hmm. like she hasn't had an album out in like a long time. She hasn't had a hit album out in like over a decade. And I was kinda like, cause she doesn't know what to do. Anymore. She doesn't. It's, that happens a lot with pop princesses mm-hmm. where yeah, you're trying to chase whatever image that's gonna make money mm-hmm. and you don't stop. To evolve as an artist. That's the difference between a performer and a regular performer, just a regular pop singer, an artist, and a, the whole package. Well, see, okay, I, I agree with you. Like the last album that Christina put out was the one called Back to Basics, which is kind of her like homage to all her favorite singers like Etta James and stuff like that. And it had that like double album thing where the backside was like all this kind of um, 50s kind of. It was, it, was, it was an interesting experiment for her that I think did really well. Right. And the next album was, was what she's actually saying. I'm trying to do this pop stuff. I got to get all this kind of stuff in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you're out of your 20s, you shouldn't be doing that anymore. Well, you need to be like doing stuff that... Well, to bring it back, I think of back in the 90s. Remember when, um, oh God, what's her name? Uh, Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. When girl. she came up out of Canada, she had the same thing. Yeah. They were trying to groom her to be this pop princess, the next big Canadian thing, mm-hmm. and it didn't work for her. So she had to go back and just restart and just come for her true self. Well, she had to go back and live. And that jagged little pill right. album. She had to go back and get still fucked up by dude. Iconic. <laughs> it's not just a dude thing. I think it was a matter of her saying, you know what? Life. I'm right. going to live my life right. and put my shit out there. Right. And Beyonce went to the same thing. Remember, she early on, she a couple years ago, she'd had those miscarriages. Right. She was going through some stuff. I know. Jay was putting her through some stuff mm-hmm. and she was traveling she was visiting museums she was like getting in touch with herself she was reading a lot of black women poetry yeah. um, just really digging deep yeah. and it shows and I think that now she's she's reached her time and I think mm-hmm. that's probably why I kind of really maturity too yeah and, yeah and I think that's why I love her sister Solange so much because I think Solange Kind of, because Solange is like what, almost a decade younger than, and I think she saw what her sister went through, and you know, Solange went through some stuff too. But I think Solange kind of got there quicker because she wasn't in the spotlight, and it's difficult when you're always the big sister spotlight. You're always getting the stuff, and I think Solange was able to navigate and carve yeah, her she own was, thing. She was, I was gonna say, she's able to find her own her own lane because yeah. there's. It's like it's like you were saying earlier about about the Jackson Five, for example. Yes, yeah, like Janet and Michael. You you can't. It's hard to be under that umbrella. It like, is when when Beyonce is your sister. And the thing when you mentioned Janet, you got to remember Janet Jackson was the same thing when her career started off. I remember when she had her first album. Right. And if anybody knows this, Renee from Renee and Angela, Angela from Renee and Angela uh, was one of the producers of that album. It was Renee and Angela. It was one of the brothers from the the old Silvers group and a bunch of producers. And when Janet's album first came out, they were. Two trying to carve 
into this pop princess because one of her first singles was Young Love right. and then Come Give You and I was like they were trying to figure that whole album she's the only one remember that, that damn well, I'm just trying to, that's why I'm giving you a history lesson children and so that album was like a hodgepodge of stuff because they couldn't figure out what to she do with her do. Right. because right. it was like she was just coming off of good times and different strokes right. and they were like well she's Michael Jackson's sister and what are we going to do and it wasn't until she got dragged down to the bottom when that debarge but light-skinned men will do this to you sisters <laughs> you got to beware of light-skinned dudes as i was saying in our previous as i was saying in our previous listen listen i'm look previous. i'm trying to give you some lessons here people when the dick is too bomb and they light-skinned it that is like kryptonite it is dangerous <laughs> and actually my, my and if they come for the Caribbean Jesus Christ <laughs> would you say it be would my you favorite say? part of the Coachella performance probably was when Solange came out and yes, danced with Beyonce the sisters. she was so ready yes and Solange can dance people forget that yes. that she has her own she's just as talented and, as she, well, and this yeah. is the same with Janet she was just as talented but it right. wasn't until she had went through some shit and finally Jimmy Jam Terrence said bitch we gonna take you up out of LA you need to come down here to Minneapolis right. and that album dropped when she got to say the things she needed to say and be the woman she needed to, to be. Chris? And then she blew up. Oh, because... Come on, light skin. I was going to say <laughs> that... Um, I'm just playing with you, Chris. I'm just playing see, with you. <laughs> there's something I want to say. I'm not you know say he's sensitive to that, right? <laughs> Are you there's, really something, there's something I'm going to say. I'm, so I'm not going to say on the air because it's, it's too Don't controversial. It. I'm sorry. But I'm going to say it afterwards. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it afterwards because I just... it's. You know, I'm gonna say it, you know what? I'm gonna say it in the air one time, but I'm not gonna say it now. But I'm gonna say it in the air. Oh, that's fucked up. What I was gonna say is, I mean, look, I, I think that you know that Janet, the I can't remember the album before Rhythm Nation, but it was it did well. But I think that Rhythm Nation was it Control before Rhythm Control, control was like the control. first one. Yeah, right. yes. Yeah. Rhythm but, Nation was the second one. Yeah, the third one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, third one because there's one before Control, mm-hmm. but she defined who she was. As an individual, as well as an well, artist, fucking title was called Control, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm talking about right. on on um, Rhythm Nation oh, right, because right. there was so much that was like I'm not doing anything that compares me to Michael because there was a there was a video off the Control album that just reminded me of like a thriller video. It was it was mm-hmm. like it felt like it was just a okay. it, was, it was in that shadow. And I think the thing with Solange is that. <clears throat> She, there's the, the ex, there's no expectations on her really because she's Beyonce's younger sister. Right. So he really, she really has the freedom. You can do anything you to want do to. what she wants to do. And the thing is, people will listen because. But but do they expect her to be able to sing like her and dance like her? I don't know if they do. Like but I mean, look, because she because like she is not like she's not skating mm-hmm. because she's Beyonce's sister. Right. I mean, she has talent. Yeah. But I'm saying, but like. She would have harmed herself if she tried to be Beyonce's little sister, right. you know, like the clone of Beyonce. And, as, and I think it's you're right. I mean, like, she, like she knew what to do to not be that, and she saw everything. Her sister. If went you guys through. ever get a chance to, you can see it on YouTube. There's like a small clip of um, we're talking about. I'm talking about Solange right now. Um, a clip when she was making her seat at the table album, and it was showing her in New Orleans going through her process, having um, musicians at her house. Working on those songs, re- redoing them, reworking them, trying to figure it out, and it's it really shows the artist that she really is. So I don't even think of her as Beyonce's 
little sister. Like that, those words never even come out of my mouth. They're like, she's just her own artist, her own unique thing. And her sound has always been good. I think when her first album came out, of course, people had that, oh, it's Beyonce's sister. They're trying to capitalize. But I, but she's, that, that woman has always been her own person. She's had a songwriting deal since she was 13. Yes. Really? And she's written songs for yeah. Beyonce and a whole bunch of other people too. So okay. she was already doing her own lane and doing her own path. It just, the rest of us just finally caught so up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some boom in it. Okay. So, being part of the Beehive, Beandria, <laughs> Little Miss Muffet, are, um, so what you know about this whole little thing right now? How you feel about it? Um, I mean, I just find Beyonce so inspiring. I wouldn't say I'm the most beehiviest of beehives. <laughs> like, well, can I ask this first? Were you a Destiny's Child fan, too? Um, so, I mean, not, not really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, not, I was neutral. I okay. was, I was kind of like, that was sort of on the cusp of when I was like a kid. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I respect them. I love them. I know the songs. Right. But, um, right. But yeah, I just think just as an artist, Beyonce inspires me because she just keeps creating and like, and I just think a lot of it has to do with how she, you know, relinquished control of her career from her father. Mm-hmm. And like we see pre-Matthew Knowles and post-Matthew Knowles. Exactly. Right. Right. Totally right. different. Like she's free. <laughs> totally different. Not letting anyone control her. Right. And she's just creating. And I find that inspiring as an artist. Which is funny you say that because it made me start thinking about when, when Janet came out with Control, in essence, she did the same thing that yeah. Beyonce did. So she was a little ahead of Beyonce. Yeah, right? I mean, when you she got told those... Joe Jackson to step off, right? I sure. love you, Daddy, but we you shit. must go. Right. And then when put that, that build away because yes. I don't want to see you no more. And once and once that once that got taken, I see no more okay. <laughs> once that was taken away, like you know, I mean. Beyonce has said it like Janet's her inspiration you know Michael too but Janet really ushered I mean Michael had already been doing with the dancing and stuff Mm -hmm. but I think Janet really brought real dance the idea that anybody can get up and dance because I remember I was uh, running the the tutoring center at the School of Creative Performing Arts and the kids there Mm -hmm. the dancing especially the black kids just really wanting to dance and be creative and those videos and those those that type of energy she created for young people to want to go and dance and be up there and, well, and yeah, but, well, be celebratory. I, I, I could, what was the video when she's dancing? She's like in the studio. She has the knee pads on. Oh, that's stuff. a jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, pleasure Principle, no? Yes, Pleasure Principle. Principle, yeah. yeah. It's, I, mean, I mean, like that kind of just gave you this, to me remembering it, this sense of like <laughs> empowerment myself. Right. You know? And it was letting you know. I'm not just Michael Jackson's little sister. Right. I'm not just the baby of the Jackson clan. I'm my own person, my own thing, and respect that. So. Right, and which is interesting because, you know, none of the other Jacksons, like, really had, like, a musical career, like, a, like an explosive musical career, just her and Michael. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think, you know, she being the youngest was like, I can probably push Joe away. <laughs> and the here. irony is this. She always wanted to be an actress. She never wanted to be a singer. Like her dad pushed her to be a singer. And she right. said this herself. I never wanted to be a singer. I just wanted to be an actress. But when you got family and you got people who are pressuring you to do stuff and they say this is what you're going to do, it showed in her music. It showed the unevenness of those albums right. before, you know, I mean, remember the Dream Street album? I thought this, and she was on Fame at the time. And I'm yeah. like, this album is whack. 
And the performance at Coachella, you can see Beyonce, like she did a lot of walking on the catwalk where she was just kind of freestyling right. and dancing. And you can just see like her freedom. Like, right. She's taking more risks. She's more comfortable with herself. Right. right. Like, and you don't, like so much of it is choreographed. I've been to a couple concerts. Right. Hers. But this, she felt, I felt like she was really just like comfortable and right. just like jamming. Like, And one of the interesting things is like people have been talking about, like she's the first, and this is not something to be proud of, y'all. So those of y'all who are on social media talking about, <laughs> this is a historic moment. It's so amazing. She's the first black woman to headline Coachella. Bitch, we got a lot of black women <laughs> who could headline Coachella. <laughs> okay. That she probably should have been headline Coachella for many years. But being the A-lister and of course y'all trying to make that money. You know, you're trying to make it this, this thing. It's like you should be ashamed to be able to say that that that's something that's not nothing to be proud of. Yeah. You know, 2018, uh, we 2018, and like, oh, she's. I'm like, that's nothing to be proud of. Like, you should be thinking, well, who else have we been overlooking? If you're a real music festival, mm-hmm. don't just be having these A-listers. You need to be cultivating and bringing but, in. Like, yeah, but see, here's something I heard the other new day. Stuff. Here's something I heard the other day that I think why certain people might not have been headlining Coachella. Coachella has this kind of like uh, ex- this exclusivity clause. Does it really? Yeah, cool. I heard about just just the other day. Mm-hmm. Artists have been fighting forever that if you're going to play Coachella six months before and six months after, you cannot. You can't play within thirteen hundred miles of Coachella. What? Yeah. So thirteen hundred miles. So if if the if the U.S. is is barely three thousand miles from from L.A. to New York. Right. So you can't play Vegas. You, you can't, can't play, play Vegas. You can't play California. Wow. You can't play the California. It's be tricky to play in Texas, maybe. Right. Um, and you know, in the last ten and years, see, that's not what music 1300 is about. Thirteen hundred miles. Thirteen hundred miles. Yeah. And so to me, and 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 we know in the, since the Napster days. That artists don't get money unless from unless they're from they're tour. Yeah. To 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 deprive them of that would right. be like. I don't really want to take that gig. Right. I mean, I, I mean, to me, I wouldn't. That's now. a really good point. They probably lost tons of people because of yeah, shit like that. People not, and, and of course, that what you're saying that that's probably why only big A list people can do it because they can afford to go. They can afford months. to travel the world, you know. And, right. But on the on the flip side, as someone who's a, a music fan, mm-hmm. that's unfortunate because there's so many groups who need that kind of exposure to to survive who are making real good music, not just mm-hmm. pop stuff, right. but real great music. Yeah, there was this. There was some, that's why you should go to Joshua Tree Music Festival. There was, there was some <laughs> some woman, uh, some black woman. She's something June is her name. Valerie June. Valerie June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She's awesome too. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's someone who I think pr- probably could do Coachella, but uh, she might be like. Could she headline them? Yeah. Oh, oh. She has got the chops. And no, the I'm just asking in general. It, but I'm saying her name in his isn't like a Beyonce. That's all I'm saying. Well. True, but <clears throat> but the thing is, is that she could play Coachella to 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 elevate her status, right, right. but she doesn't want to do it because she's like, I don't want to not be able to play like anywhere on the West Coast for right. a year, you know. Right. There's so many good festivals now. I feel like the only people who really need to do Coachella are the the A-listers, right. in my opinion. Like there's some like um, Michelle and Jay Coachella headline right. oh Afro Afro punk. Yes, yes. Um, that's who y'all should her new be. Album yes. is banging. Like, oh my god! Look, that is a, as I said, that is a soundscape. That's not a that's not music album. Right. That is get your weed, 
or get your get your wine, get your good snacks, get a comfortable chair, <laughs> lay back, and let that album just see what I, I got to do with freaking amazing, freaking amazing. I, let me just say this: wine right and weed. Wow, that's a lot of kicking <laughs> kick back. <laughs> kicking back. She, I'm she, talking she Michelle and Diego Tella. She put you. She put you, you, yes. she put you in a place. She put you in a subspace <laughs> that is just that's she like takes a you um, yes. So I just want to say this because. I mean, this is Screenwriter's Rant Room, so for all you listeners who are like all over the world going, what the fuck are they talking about? What about the writing? <laughs> Let me just say this. If we can keep going, I don't give a fuck. It's your, it's your show. Do what you want to do. We call rant for a reason. Okay. Because <laughs> a rant might be about music. Right. I say music, culture, and all that shit, right? So, tying this into screenwriting just for a second. Just for a Go second. Ahead. There's a lesson in there that we mentioned for two different people. We talked about B and we talked about um, Janet. They both had a career doing things they weren't happy with. They they had to overcome them, right? As we do as writers, as we do as artists. As sometimes as you got to write that bullshit, bullshit stuff. Right. To so sometimes through. you got to write a Transformers movie in order to write a fucking middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is you have to learn to get yourself to the point where and that's life and mm-hmm. experience. What I'm hearing is both of them grew and lived a little bit of life in order to find out who they to write control. You know what I mean? In order to do uh, <laughs> to for, do formation, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So that's what I'm saying is. So I'm just trying to tie in a little bit so they realize there's still there still are parallels within things that we're talking about, even though we're not talking about specific screenplay. Well, here, here's the thing. The whole thing is that it has, it has to do with the fact that they're. Finally, control their own narrative, right? And that is what you have to do to be a successful creative. But it's very important to be that person is um, is a screenwriter. You know, like um, if you take like my friend Abdul Williams, mm-hmm. he came out here and he wrote a lot of um, comedies and stuff like that. And he's a very, very funny person. He's right. one, he's one of the French person I know. Lottery tickets, lottery tickets, all this kind of stuff, but. <clears throat> there were some issues with lottery ticket that just in terms of like box office and bootlegging and stuff like that, all this kind of stuff. So the movie didn't perform as well as um, as everyone anticipated. Mm-hmm. And he is still like one of the best guys to be in a room with. But he was like, "How do I kind of you know like rejigger my career to keep me focused? I mean, and keep moving forward." Right. And he and he had been working on. That new edition movie for a long, long time, I think like ten years before they like it finally got going. So was he writing that on spec originally? Uh, no, he got hired. He got hired to write. I can't remember where it was originally. I think I think maybe I want to say Miramax had it at first, but maybe not. And then it, you know producers it bounced around everything. Right. But um, but now he's doing the Bobby Brown thing. I think they wrapped on Friday. Right. You know, and he's got like another kind of like biopic that's in that space that he's looking to do, and it's like. He's finding that lane. Yeah, he's finding that lane. I mean, and, he, mm-hmm. and, 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 I mean and, and I know he's got a blind script deal at some studio somewhere with a really, really a good, funny idea, too, mm-hmm. you know, because cause that's what he loves to do. But he right. knew that to keep going, to keep getting work, to make sure that he stays relevant, he, that you've got to get material done. And right. I think the thing, certain point is once you get some sort of credibility, <clears throat> then you've got to do stuff that is always interesting to you. Right. Because then it, because that's how you can... Um, 
make it sing, you know, mm-hmm. because he grew up at the time, right, you know, he's a teenager right when all that new edition stuff is happening, you know, so like, so I remember when we, as I was watching the movie and it was like, it was chills, you know, and he was like, yeah, like even like, like going to the set was this, this interesting flashback for him, you know, mm-hmm. because he was like, I remember when like Candy Girl hit the records, I, you know, <laughs> right. it's like, and, and, and it's, so it's just, it's an interesting testament just to be able to say, you know, stay true to what you know. That's what you want to do, and right. and your handlers are gonna be handling you because that's their <laughs> job. Right. But but you gotta like fight them off, or you're gonna be in a position where, uh, you know, you can't write for you know you're not right anymore. Yeah. No, one, no one wants to hire you. Right. What sucks. So two things I want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And oh, very quickly, shout out to Monster Palooza. I was up there yesterday in Pasadena. So got to see some great people. Paul Savino, Danny Trejo, just a bunch of great people that I got to see. So I really had a great time in Pasadena. So Pasadena, thank you for having a wonderful convention of just I was just gonna say shout out to Monster. Danny Trejo who just like every year he's got a new movie that comes out. And listen, it? he looked good. <laughs> I went in there and I was like I've always loved him and his work because he just he just reminds me of those like everything he's yeah, in something. You such talk a about huge, faces. huge body work. He right. always has a great face. Right. Oh my god, we were looking at him like Danny Trejo is fine. <laughs> I mean, I always thought he, I always thought he was cute. I always had a crush on him as a kid because he's had one of those distinct faces right. and he's always played these really like almost over the top characters. Yeah. But when you see them in person, you're just like, oh, and he's a really nice guy. Oh, I've I know, before, and I want really to tell nice him it's like, oh, I wanna, I wanna tell him how much about your tacos are because he's got you know his Trejo tacos and they're really good. <laughs> but he had a line of people who were waiting right. to get it to get signatures. He, he's, does he, he's a Trejo. Is he a coffee shop too? I know there's like a coffee. He's, I think he has a, a coffee shop. He, yeah. yeah. So Danny, if you ever around this neck of the wood on Santa Monica, come come. Come talk to us. Come hang out. But right. I was so excited to see him. Cause, and literally, because I was you know, trying to see Pam Greer and trying to look for people and stuff yeah. like that, too. But literally, Coffee. the fan girl, <laughs> the fan girl came out of me when I walked, because we were walking by the tables, and I had already seen Paul Sofia, and I was like, oh, my God, he's in one of my favorite gangster movies, Goodfellas, yeah. and oh, my God. And I was walking by, and as I looked to the right, and I was talking to my niece, because we were trying to rush to go see, we can go grab some more Godzilla stuff. <laughs> And I was like, look, and I saw him, and I remember I stopped. I said, oh, my God, he's Danny Trejo. And I fan, like, literally my hands <laughs> went up, and I'm like, I look ridiculous How you going that. I know. <laughs> but you know what? I only do that to people whose work I've grown up with right. who I, when I was a kid and over the years, and you see them. And it's like, I think what it is, and I used to laugh at people like this, like, right. what are you getting all emotional and all excited for? <laughs> but what happens is when you see them in real life, what happens is you immediately go through all the memories of all the things that you've seen them in, all the stuff when you were sad or going through some stuff in their movies or something about them made you happy or got you through some stuff. And you just really just want to tell what it is. You really want to just tell them thank you mm-hmm. for being you and doing what you do. That's all you really want to do. A true fan just wants to do sure. that and let them have their space. Right. But I was like, I should get in line. Should we get? And I was like, no, he's got enough people. You know what? We'll meet again someday. But I just remember sitting there and like trying to sneak a picture from the side. It's like, oh, there's Danny. So I was really excited. So it's exciting. What's the first thing I remember seeing him in? Heat? Was it Heat? Down the trail? Mm-hmm. He got his neck slit. They, like, they found him in the... I mean, he's been in stuff before, but I think yeah. the first thing I remember seeing is like a scene where he's like, he's lying on the floor dead. And right. 
Um, he's part of that gang. Yeah, but I was always happy that Robert Rodriguez finally gave him like his big when he did the Machete movies. That that oh, yeah. they finally they gave finally him. Got to lead, let like, him be right. the lead. Let him right. be that lead, thing. Yeah. And I thought that was always so dope. And it was great because I got to see the the actress that played Barbara in the Night of the Living Dead. Got to see the girl who played the daughter who cannibalized the family in the Night of the Living Dead. Oh, and I got to see um, Tom Savini who did all the special effects makeup for Night of the Living oh, Dead. Yeah, he yeah. was there. It was just a lot of great artists and great merchandising and just great stuff so I got like a brand new 1968 Godzilla poster with Raymond Burr and then I got like my new Godzilla the new one with the purple was yeah the um I got the new Godzilla from the 2000 um and I want to say 16 movie the independent Japanese one that came out where he's got like the purple back and he shoots lasers I don't know that one oh my god yeah so I got that one and I met the guys I can't remember their names but shout out to the gentleman who I'm gonna find their store they have a store here in LA but they also have one in Tokyo Japan and they told me when I go to Japan that I have to go visit their store that has nothing but Godzilla merchandise. Mm-hmm. So they said you must come to their store. So I'm going cool. to the store. So <clears throat> Godzilla fans, so, yes. I'm just thinking about that. I'm looking. I'm scrolling here, looking at Danny Trejo on IMDb and looking at his filmography. Right. It goes on, a long and on. But here's time. the cool thing: we were just talking about uh, finding your lane. Yes. He's the perfect example. Yes. Because every one of them are like. There's a few comedies in yeah. there, but all of them are in the horror, thriller, something genre for him. Totally, totally. He's found that lane. And what he's used is his face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's I, not, that's listen, not forget. I'm a stickler for he's great a faces. a former addict, a former drug dealer, gang member, like all kind of shit that he's been through, and he's turned it around. You like, can like transform your life. Did. Yeah, you can transform you know? your life. Right. You know, but I love him because he has that great face. And like I said, when you see that face in person, mm-hmm. like literally, I was just like all giddy. Right. I was like, oh my God, it's Uncle Daddy. <laughs> and like, all right, I'm going to step away because now I'm drooling. <laughs> you saw Pam Greer too, right? Well, I was going to go, I wanted to go see her, but I think I, I think she was there the day beforehand. Okay. And so I think she'd probably already left. Okay. And I was like, oh no. But I was excited because she was in that space somewhere so I was trying to get her healing energies and give her good vibes so Pam I didn't get a chance to see you but I came all the way up from from Dago to come see you but I'm glad you were there so I love the guest spot she did on uh, This Is Us did you oh guys God, see that yes. she was Deja's grandmother oh my god mm-hmm. so behind. Netflix just dropped Lost in Space the new Lost in Space incarnation mm-hmm. uh, I watched the first three episodes Okay. Uh, last night, uh, Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Um, I was I, I wasn't able to do the light tweet because I was we were driving back from Pasadena from Monster Palooza, so I'll have to go check the tag later. But I know you saw the pilot, and what I want to talk about is because I was reading some reviews, and I try not to read too many reviews when it's a brand new piece of work that's coming out because you know you want to form your own opinion. Right. But some of the reviews, the the little uh, I guess the thumbnail clip reviews they were talking about how this is supposed to be the next best sci-fi thing it's going to be the best thing now well you watched three of them so it wasn't too bad the best sci-fi thing on is expanse so they need to just back they need to they need to like they need to hold their horses (laughs) they need to slow their roll and back up a little bit quit the hyperbole i'm telling you don't be hyperbolic (laughs) know what the fuck is good don't know what goodness is yeah know what cream is you don't before you try to talk about curdled milk <laughs> being worth something that shit kind of like just defeats your that rubbed me the wrong authority. way when that, they, yeah. yeah that shit you know what that shit defeats why your authority we, Chris why are we getting all heated we, 
see how cinephiles are? But isn't do that you, do you see how cinephiles is that marketing are? Marketing saying that who the fuck is saying that? Well, it's just just different critics, I guess, who've seen the pilot and, and or have watched a couple of episodes and think that this is the next best thing. So with saying that, I'm just gonna stick because they're like, wow, all white people. I'm just gonna be now. There is a black person. <laughs> but there is a black, black person in there now. Judy. Yeah. Judy. Is Judy black. is black. Okay. Unexplained. I ain't seen that. Now here's the thing. Unexplained. I want to talk maybe, about. Maybe that's okay. I want us to talk about the pilot. I know you haven't seen it yet, but you'll right. catch on. I'll have you it. seen? Have you a chance to see it? Okay. So. Those of you who have not seen it, this is your spoiler alert. You have seen Lost in Space, people. Correct. If you haven't, then you need to now, go back in time. To all of those us who, of, were, who so, were born in the 70s. So, us <laughs> newbies, the babies who don't know, Lost in Space was a, an old TV show. Look um, at Beandra going, what's that? Look at her looking at that one. Ah, Lost in Space. What if you know, it's, where the famous, it's where the famous tagline, Danger, Will Robinson, Danger. Oh, oh, something mm. real quick. I, I, and the, I, one of my I, first I, crushes was on the father of the... Yes. The thing did you notice? Did you notice the <clears throat> Doctor Smith in the pilot? The guy who the man, Doctor Smith. Yeah. That's Bill Mummy. I saw that. Is I was like fucking shocked. I was like, wait a minute, I know that guy's face. And place. you know, and no one hurt my heart. I was hoping he was going to play Doctor Smith. That actually would have been dope as hell. That would have been dope as fuck. But then they brought in Parker Posey, and then it went downhill from there. So anyway, I will just say this. Not to negate Parker was an act. It's just that just something about what they're doing with that that Doctor Smith role. It, it, hey, I'm all for people, you know, doing the remix of something and giving an opportunity. But just something, just there's just something that's not quite drilling. And like I said, I'm just going to focus on the pilot. So those of you who don't know the show, the original TV series was about a family who traveled through space. There was a family, mom, dad, three kids. It was two daughters, a son. Um, there was a doctor, Doctor Smith, and there was also. Um, the guy, what's the guy's name? He was like the... It was like Don. Who's Don, yeah, Don West. And Don was just, Don was like another pilot, co-pilot, and he ended up dating the daughter, Judy, whatever. So anyway, they literally, it's called Lost in Space. Oh, Judy's sister, huh? Yeah. Lost in wow. Space, literally, they get lost in space. They end up crash landing on this planet, and so they have to live on this planet with this family, and then they have Robbie the Robot. Right. No, it's not Robbie the Robot. He's just called the Robot. He's just called the yeah, Robot. just called the Robot. But Robbie we, is from Forbidden yeah, Planet. For Planet, yeah. But it... He became named that after a while. I just we just we just gave him that name. It's kind of like when we call Frankenstein Frankenstein, but it's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster, and Frankenstein is actually the guy who created the monster. But we always know the monster as Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh, so, Bill Mummy is in it at some point, huh? Listen, we just got done having that conversation. <laughs> Keep up. Keep up, son. Don't, anyway, don't. okay. So this new incarnation, we have a family um, who uh, something has happened. Mm-hmm. In the world, whether it's meteors, I'll just say that some kind of cat- catastrophic thing has happened where humans have have to leave the planet for whatever reason. Some can stay, some can leave if they choose to for this program. So several families leave, mm-hmm. and something happens where they're on like a big giant, kind of like the International Space Station, where they're all kind of like hubbed together right. and going to wherever they're going to. And something happens, and shit starts blowing up. And Is it a wormhole or some shit? Like there's that? something happens. Some shit. I was like, hold and on, hold on, somebody's on. shooting people. We don't know who, but all of a sudden, people have to get into their little space pods and eject to safety right. until they can figure out what's going on. So as they're falling through space to try to find a safe space, um, debris hits them, and these people crash land the on Jupiter a two. planet. Jupiter right. two. And it's not just them, which is interesting. I'm kind of glad because it's like, I don't know if I can sit here and watch a show with just the family. They got to be some other shit going on because I, I, when I was younger, that was acceptable as a grown ass woman and a cinephile. <laughs> you got to have a little bit more going on. Right, right. So we have this family and 
they crash land and basically them surviving and figuring out what the fuck they're going to do. Okay. In the midst of this, which is interesting, because I'm trying to remember the original show. I think the robot was already with them. And this one, yeah. the robot has crash landed on his own spaceship. Mm. We don't know whose spaceship it is. Okay. And what I think is interesting about this robot is that the whole look is not cute. He's not the cute Robbie the robot, oh. but I love the way this robot looks. I think it's a nice update because it looks kind of like it's a darker version of Lost in Space. It's not the campy show. It's um, they're, they're taking it seriously. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Well, we have the technology. We now, have the technology. Yeah. We have a little bit more budget. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean look, the thing about it though is that the original show was kind of like a one and out episode. You know, there was no serialization to it at all. Right. It was, I mean, there was. The, the well, they show, were all, all standalone. Standalone. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, I mean, yeah, like, the robot is cool. The fa- like, when the robot, you know, I'm going to say it because people, when the robot, like, like decides to, to look like a human. And that tells that you really that the cool. people that created him yeah, probably look, look like, like he the, did with the yeah, extra arms honestly, and all that yeah, extra shit, yeah. Which is cool. Um, so, yeah, the whole thing with the robot is cool. I mean, I liked the pilot in terms of, like, what was happening, but... It goes back to my kind of issue with with a lot of these shows right now is that it's setting up. By the way, Beandrew, Chris barely gives the show twenty minutes. So <laughs> the fact he made it through the whole pilot. No, because the pilot was actually very good. The, okay. the, the pilot because the pilot didn't. It's it, the pilot didn't waste any. <clears throat> Time to begin. The pilot gave it you. It real, jumped into it real fast, and it gave you a lot of cool danger shit. at every yeah. every five it, minutes. Something else was fucked up was happening. Real fucked up shit. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, the, I mean, the casting is good. Do you, you think know? the casting is good? Did the family gel for you? Because that's my issue with it. Well, okay, but see, here's the thing. At first, the family felt felt odd to me. Felt a little strained, you know. But then one moment when you find out that the mom is going to divorce a dude and step with the kids. I was like, oh, that's why they don't, like, there's so much tension with the family because mm-hmm. cause they weren't supposed to be together. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean. Like, oh, so they were on their way somewhere well, and got so, caught up well, there. Well, see, what, okay, what, so what happens is there's like some meteor is, is, is come to earth and it's crashed and it's caused the air to be kind of fucked up. Because right. there's one scene where they're like out shopping. And they got to wear air masks. And they filters, wear air masks. Yeah, yeah. And they're still sitting in the background of the news. And then, um. And the father is the military guy, and he's on some mission somewhere. And he's just, you know, it's like if you're in the military, like black ops, and you're not around the family, yeah. your family enough, you just afraid. It, it strains, and yeah, family falls apart, you know. Um, and so that's kind of the setup with the family. Um, I mean, it's interesting because it's like it's flashbacks. It give you backstory in a way that I don't think w- could necessarily come out if it, you stayed right. in the present right. the whole time. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, the daughter who plays Penny. I don't really know what the deal is with her. Well, know? it's one of those situations where they have, so in case you don't know, they have a, a, the oldest daughter, Judy, in this incarnation, she's black and everybody else is white. And they don't explain it. So, of course, your assumption is, oh, she must be adopted. I'm hoping they're being subversive and maybe she's a daughter from one of them's previous relationships. That's exactly what I thought. That would be cool. It's like, well, maybe she's the daughter of one of them. Which is why I thought they had tension. And not just adopt. Well, how are you going to explain them other white kids? Because she's older than the rest of them, isn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. Older, yeah. So she was first. Yeah. But you said attention in terms the of... tension between... Because I thought you said there's tension between the mother Well, yeah, the because they're getting divorced. They're getting divorced. Right. But right. I thought it like like now she's back in their lives, and that's what started. That's where I thought... Oh, no, 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 no. They were a family unit, and yeah. dad was just gone, and they decided, we're not together. We're just going to get divorced because this is not working. And then right. this catastrophe happens, and... 
Okay. I guess we're I didn't see it, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So, and basically the, the gist of it is that the mom's going to take the kids because they're going to divorce and she thinks it's better for them to go leave and try to find a different planet where they can survive. Okay. And the dad is kind of like, well, you can't leave without me. And that's the reason why the dad goes. It's because, well, my whole family's leaving. Right. So I'm going to go. Even though we're separated and we're about to get divorced, these are still my kids too. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, that can get the whole tension stuff, but the pilot, I thought the pilot did what it's supposed to do. I really like Will, the little boy. Because here's the thing, I can't stand kid actors sometimes and stuff. Oh, because they try to, they try to make them either too precocious, right. too smart ass. Where you're like, I would beat the fuck out of this kid if he said some shit that to me. You Which know, is that why kind of you thing. Would love the kids in a quiet place. Yeah, they are so and it's good. like yeah. there's certain sometimes people write kids <laughs> right. cartoonish, right. and they don't really make them real like real kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the Will kid, um, he's really endearing, and he. I think they really chose right in the casting of his little boy because his relationship with the robot is a thing that's it's making me hold on to the show a little bit. Just like the original well, well, one, see, right? but see, that's Because of the father, the tension with the, the father-son father, relationship, yeah. and he's kind of glommed onto this robot that plays baseball with him and <laughs> protects him. Right. And, and I think that's great in terms of creating tension in the story. That's great story writing. Well, because the thing, the thing about the original show that I always... I, I, I didn't realize this until I was older because you know, when I was watching as a kid, I didn't didn't know enough about how stories are constructed that way, but it's like the entry point is through Will Robinson. It is. The story is told right. through is. a kid so that, so that when things are presented to be new and exciting, it's from the point of view of a kid. Yes. Yeah, he's and, always in danger. Yeah. Yes. You know, cause of, and what he's doing. And I think that's what makes, and that, yeah, they're right. And that kid they got, he really works. Like, like he's not like that kid from Rink on Time who's just too goddamn smart. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and Don't be Andrew, what you got to say. You know, it's, like, it's cool. And the thing I love, I think, and it, I'm just, you know, the whole thing about how, you know, there's these, there's these psych profile. Well, no, there's this whole battery of tests that will allow you to go, to, like, to, to go off world. Like, right. It's, it's, you, you just can't go off world. You have to pass you, the you test. qualify right. to go off world. Mm-hmm. And the kid. Spoiler alert. Yeah, the kid. <laughs> Y'all just spoiled all kind of shit. We don't care if they were you serious said, about if they were you, serious about watching it. You prefaced it already. I prefaced it yeah, so they don't listen to this episode. So, Go back so, to so it. There's it's a, gonna be a couple weeks anyway. So, so, so there's a um, uh, the, so the kid he passes everything but mm-hmm. stress and emergency reaction time. Oh, so that's, we see his flaws. Th- yeah, that's right. where he got to. That's where he got to fail. Right. And his mom, you know, like did something. We don't know yeah, what. We, well, well, but she doctored it. So they get whole family stay together. Oh, yeah, really? and it's cool. It's cool because that's something that in the pilot. But you, but the, but you know the kid can't not, handle anything. Yeah, and you know that he's not perfect. There's nothing worse than the perfect than a, than a Bobby Sue, yeah. the kid that can do everything right. And right. and that's I'm why Bobby I think Sue. that's why I think it endears <laughs> me with this kid. And you see it. The kid's acting when he's acting. This because when you see it, you realize he doesn't handle stress and he gets he acts the way a real kid would. And you empathize with him and you right. want to protect him and you want you root for him. You want him to to win whatever the situation is, and I think there's a key pivotal scene where he first meets the robot, and the robot's uh, injured. I'll just say that, mm-hmm. and they're both. You know, he's the thing is look like he's about to attack him. They're just seeing each other. Your first alien contact with something, and this little butterfly thing comes down, and then they both look at it like in wonderment, mm-hmm. and it kind of brings them together, and it kind of helps the little boy want. Well, let me just help this thing. We're both in a. They're both in a dangerous situation, and they might not both make it. But he decides. Well, I'm going to help this robot. You know, who's injured mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I might not make it, but at least I'll let this thing see if he can make it. And because of that, they bond. Okay. And and for me, that's the strongest feature of the show. Um, I'm still trying to get used to the Is a robot 
Like an android or half human or something? Yep. What is he? He's kind of like Cyborg a he's kind of like a T one thousand robot. Yeah. Where he's right. kind of like that that shifting metal. Like the, he doesn't have a face. He has like a, a mirror screen. and it's got a screen, screen, but it's got like this cool nebulous looking energy thing that kind of mm. moves around. So there's no face. But the way it's presented and the way it interacts is it in a human? Is you could tell it has robot. At first it yeah. wasn't, but yeah. it, but it shifted to look like a human to be, to be, to make itself okay. more. Like it had like I was just looking on I was just looking on the IMDb and it, there's a guy who plays him. Uh-huh. So I didn't know if it was in a. You yeah, know. well, yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure, but it's 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 like the robot. It's a, that scene with the butterfly is cool because the robot sees that oh, the kid is not a danger because the kid could kill could have just killed this right uh, thing, right, and, right. It's, and so it kind of knows to. It's kind of like um, empathetic in a way where it shifts right. its shape right. to be more appealing to the human. Oh, okay. You know, right. as opposed to looking at when it, when so you, I think it has like six six arms, arms and like a bunch of legs, shit. and it's kind of like it looks like a spiderish kind of looking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it stops and look at the boy, looks him up and down, and then it starts to morph to look more like the human. The human. Yeah, oh, it's cool. which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. cool. I don't know. We'll see. we'll see. Like I said, they're introducing a bunch of different characters. There's they've got more people. So I guess they got smart and said we need to have them interact with some other things. There's some creature things it's like that lost. They need to decide. It's, about. Yeah, <laughs> it's lost, but it's yeah. like. On a planet thing, right. do you think it's something that's people are going to enjoy? I mean, just I'm just talking about based off the pilot. Would it be something that you would say I would go watch the second episode? I want to watch the second episode and see because because it, the, the 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 last three moments, you know, like there's three beats in the last like 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 two three minutes of the show. I was like, okay, wait a minute, like there's a real mm-hmm. flip on your head, like, right. and I was like. I, I I need to know a little more. It's like right. that <clears throat> that moment in Godless that we left, take way like forty five minutes into the, into oh, the yeah. script. All right. of a sudden, boom! Right. Just well, big. like I said, tonight I'm going to watch the fourth episode. <coughs> Usually for me, I got to watch at least four episodes Look. to see if I'm in it or I. It's just not for me. I mean, it's, it's interesting you say lost, but you know it's lost like. It's lost in space. So I'm wondering if people who right. don't know from the show think it's like a, a playoff of the show Lost. But not it's a reversal, right. actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? They were first. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, like I said, they've done some but, changes. They've they've made Mr. Smith, Doctor Smith, a woman. Um, well, I don't like. What I she, don't she like. Evil don't, and weird dude. I haven't watched. Well, she's well. She got a problem. She got right. issues. <laughs> and I don't know what it is because I don't watch the. Is pilot. she British? No, no it's Parker, Parker Posey. Posey. Oh, okay. Um, so, and when she first came on, I was like, I know this actress. I couldn't. I I just couldn't place her face right. for a while. We'll see. I just don't know what they're trying to. Do it. I, a part of me was like, I, the whimsy would have been if they would just had Bill Mummy play it and still had him. You could still have the seriousness, but still have that kind of kind of nostalgic ode to that character, that kind of that bumbling, kind of self-centered, right. self-preservation type mm-hmm. character. Oh, Parker trying- Posey's character kind of does embody that in a way of self-preservation first. And right. oh, I was really trying to do this to help you, but I was really trying to get my shit together. Right. But I don't know. I don't know if it's casting. I don't know if it's. I don't know what it is. Her character just just not sit with me. Like every time she's on screen, I want us to move on to something else. Wow. And even the black actress, I like her, but I'm trying to figure out how we're going. I mean, of course, like I said, we're all. Is it because you just don't know why? No, I don't. Because they got this whole side PTSD thing that's going on because of the situation in the pilot that happens to her, and Mm. they're focusing on a lot. And I really need her to. She's supposed to be the doctor, and she's you know I just need her to do a little bit more. I need her to have a little bit more agency, right. and oh, to see so where she goes. So they actually play the trauma up for her. What happens to her in the pilot? They do keep bringing up the thing, like certain things, to her get used to it. But we'll see. But would you okay. t- would you tell people, yay? Would, was it, would you say this is a great pilot? 
if writers are talking about creating a pilot for a TV show, do you I think, think, it's, a do really you think good it's good pilot. enough for... I think, it's, I think it's a good pilot. I think it's a good pilot. I don't think it's as... I still think The Expanse is doper, but I don't know anyone watching The Expanse. But see, here's the thing. Here's so, the thing. I had to tweet out for Expanse because, you know, the third season just came out. Yeah. I don't like talking about Expanse too much because y'all, 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 know the, y'all know the superpowers <laughs> I have. When Hollywood finds out that there's certain shows that I like, Right. They are petty and they cancel them on me <laughs> because they don't like me to have nice things. <laughs> so all the shows that I've loved and pumped up, yeah. they either get canceled or you know people just they get to them too late. Mm-hmm. So I don't talk about the. Look at me whispering right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking about the Expanse <laughs> too much because they're going to hear me and they're going to do something to fuck it up and take away the best sci-fi show that's yeah. on TV right now. So <laughs> please watch well, Expanse and appreciate for what it is. But I don't want the, I don't want I, your office might be bugged. I don't, want, I don't want Hollywood to know and, and fuck it up for me. Now, on my block. Oh, okay. Right, let's keep this short. <clears throat> That's enough. <laughs> got renewed. Hey, it got, the, the important thing is it got remo- yeah. renewed. Yay! What's it about again? Congra- it's, it's, I still haven't watched it's Basically, it takes place in a fictional uh, South Central LA neighborhood. Oh, I did start watching that one. Um, That's the one with that black long, Latino. Starts on the- yes, oh, okay, yes. So yeah. we've been hoping and praying that it gets picked up. And it did. Yeah. Hey, and congratulations, because one of our old o- OBS heads, uh, Adam Starr, Adam, I didn't realize one of the homies from OBS mm-hmm. writes for the TV show. Yeah. He saw me tweeting stuff, and he's like, hey, Lisa, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm tweeting about, oh, I write on this show. I'm like, what? So, <laughs> Adam, congratulations. I'm so happy you guys got a second season. Um, but here's the controversy, and I'll just, we'll end it with that. Oh. So one of the actresses Why on the show, <laughs> I know, because I'm trying to be delicate about it, because like I said, <clears throat> It's a great show. Right. Sometimes creators hire actors. Yeah. Have you seen it, Chris? Sometimes creators okay. hire actors. It's about you, though. I mean, yeah. She's talking about it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you haven't really vetted right. some shit that they might have said on social media. Mm-hmm. Have okay. you seen it, DeAndre? I saw a little bit of the pilot. Yeah. Okay. And Wait a minute, wait a minute. Vetting... You know, there's there's no question about vetting Somet- people. But no, sometimes you gotta no, 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 I, no, no acting see, is acting. No. I know see, if they're the best actor, do that. See, can I finish? Can now we finish? have some old, you know, <laughs> 1984 oh, Winston up in here situation. Damn, Keep your mouth quiet because you're gonna get scorched if you say the wrong thing. Damn. You can be who you need to be in <laughs> no, real you're life. No, you I'm just saying. But I'm saying for a show like this. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm making, I'm staying in my lane because a lot of the char- the character she's playing is a, a Latina character. Um, when I was listening to, she's and she's not Latina. You I think a lot of people on Twitter were saying she's not Latina, mm. but she's playing a Latina character. Okay. And you know, actors are actors, but of course, we want representation. We want Latina actresses to get those roles, and Hollywood needs to stop just <clears throat> giving it to white girls who right. can play whatever, right. unless they just brilliant. So she's not even any kind see, of Hispanic see, or nothing. Here's the thing about here's the thing about this is interesting about this is that there's a friend of mine who her last name is Sweeney. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's from the Netherlands, right? But she's Mexican. She's she's Mexican national. Mm-hmm. I think that what people don't understand is that in Mexico, particularly especially in Mexico, Mexico City, Mexico City she's oh Mexico, my she's god. City, right. particularly Mexico than the other ones. Right, you can look like you're white. I mean, widows exist. We know that they're right. a white Latinx. But the point is this: she has made some social media tweets supporting Trump and 
all kinds of, and we know that Trump, wow. anti-immigration, anti-Mexican, right. anti, what, well, they're trying to get those white people to come watch the show, and they think that's good business, and they got numbers, mm-hmm. but that just shows you how America is. We're down 15% next week, but, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, we'll see how it goes. Right. So, like I said, I've been staying out of my lane, because I'm not Latina, and I've just been observing quietly from the mm-hmm. sidelines, listening to um, different Latina people, especially right. black Latinas. Right. And other people, because you know I'm for my black and indigenous mm-hmm. peoples. Um, the conversation has been, you know, because her character is not that important to the show. Like they can, they can write her off, and we wouldn't miss her because she's not the show. Oh, she's getting written off. You think? No, well, I'm just saying. Now, if you guys are creators of a show, this is a hypothetical, mm-hmm. and the show has gotten really popular, it's getting great vibes. You just got renewed, and then this controversy happens where an actor that you've hired had said some things, mm-hmm. and they're playing a character <laughs> whose parents are deported. She's playing a Latina who's working class, but the actor that you've hired has supported somebody who is anti-immigrant, anti-Latino, anti-Mexican. But that's acting. How do you, I'm saying in terms of your show and getting negative feedback, how would you guys deal with that? Would you write the character off? Would you recast? Well, or would you be like, you know what? She's an actress. We hired her. I'm going to keep it real with you. Because this is what I'm Because I'm, I'm not saying much. I'm staying out of my lane. I'm going to let Latinos handle this. You have, I'm glad you asked it the way you did. You have to put your producer hat on. You have to put your studio network hat on. It's about the money. If people are talking about it in a positive way, like it's getting more. It's not positive. But you hear me? If, if, if it's causing more people to turn the TV on, they're not going to fire her. Am I right, Chris? It's all about it's that all about money. the money. And we do, we got if nobody's watching because of that. If why well, you think are, there are black shows because right. they want money? If if it was if it was about like right. cultural good, there'd if be it, no black show. Right. If it was you, what would you do? This is your show. You're getting positive reviews. People people like me. I'm a true fan. Like I'm constantly. If I love your show, I'm letting everybody and their mama know about right. it. I'm constantly talking about it. I'm getting people who. I wouldn't think might be interested, but you know what? This is something you want to check out. You get renewed, and this comes out, and the constituents of the people who your show is based on is, are saying these things that they feel like, ugh, she agrees with someone who hates us and wants us out of here and wants us dead. How would you deal with that? Well, I mean, the first thing I thought about was sort of like, what is there a clause in her contract about, I'm sure they've written these things in about like, you know, if you do something that in your personal life that reflects badly on the show. But this has happened beforehand. But this you. is like, what if it's something that happened before you even got hired? This is like. Yeah, they would, they, they already know. It's a more, yeah, they think of the morals clause. Do right. you think you know? Because a lot of times people get these, these things and then shit from two, three years ago pops up that you didn't know about. But anyway, yeah, finish but, your thought. And, finish and your this, because this, um, this is all secondhand to me. So, is the actress really vocal now about, or is I somebody dug up? I haven't. Tweet? They've been posting her tweets, which she said. Okay. Um, apparently, they've been putting up some like, "This is what she said. This is what her her viewpoint is." The actress herself, I don't follow her, so I don't know if she's responded to it at all. Okay. Right now, everybody's just hyped that the show got a second season. Right. They've been doing clips of the actors um, telling all the fans, "Thank you, fans. Thank you for all that," which I think is awesome, and I've been retweeting those. And like I said, I've just been keeping my mouth shut on that because I don't want to speak well, okay, over this is see, see to me like I feel like the 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 actors and stuff unless people are up here trying to boycott the show 
Oh, we're not boycotting yeah. the show because she's not a lead. No, we're not boycotting you, that show. I, I mean, you not know, this work I don't put in. It's kind of hit or miss. It, to me, it'd be really different if, like, you know, the creator turned out to be some right. Trump supporter, and he and you were like, how does that really reconcile? But because to me, it's like it's a very slippery slope to say that your personal views on things. Um, that that will harm you so specifically about what you try to do as mm-hmm. an artist. Because then it's kind of like, I really can't do anything. I can't really express myself. I have to be so circumspect on, how, on, on, on like how I express myself because somebody might find something that I say about, it could well, be any topic, that is... Isaiah Washington. Uh, yeah, you know. You know, there I mean, you go, another example. I, I, mean, I think it's see, about the audience. Uh, yeah, I mean, because like, if you say something that's bad, number one, everyone says something that's bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have. We could be angry. I would never. You know, like, <laughs> like whatever the fuck it is, you could say something strange to people... <clears throat> And people can take it out of context. They don't know the context. There's a lot of things. And, and the next thing you know, you've been blackballed because you said something right. that. And, and to me, I'm, I'm like, it's just like when Paul was telling us about these people who were like really, who were, who were vocal supporting the Me Too thing. But he was like, I know they fucking rape women and shit like that. Right, it's right. like, you know what? That's something we don't know. Right. We don't know what the real truth behind a lot of people is. And, I mean, and we can go around and, and play the world of 1984. Three, three, three choices. Do you write her off? Do you let it just blow over and not do anything? Or do you just kill the character? This is what I do. I write the scenes with her character to be so counter to her to her personal views mm-hmm. that it seems like I'm trying to like educate the people who who follow her who find her like you know you know like find her appealing? That's right. fair. You know, to, to 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 show them the, the different point of view that they're not considering. That, what would you do? Yeah, you know, the world. Fire, yeah. recast, let her ride. <laughs> um, I just think there needs to be, and I think we need to call people out, but there also needs to be opportunity for redemption because, like right. I said, we've all been young and dumb. See how black women are. We so, will we will tell you, and then we'll still, we'll knock you upside your head, but then we'll hug you afterwards. <laughs> like, if she's still wilding out now, yeah. uh-huh. well then no. But if she's like you know, had opportunity to reflect, learn, and grow, and she's not on that anymore, then I don't think she should be punished I think for that's that. fair. I think that's fair. I call, it's well, my, it's my, it's, what about you? What about you? Well, I'm just going to say this, because we just dealt with this the other day. So we're doing this big panel for the LGBT committee at the mm-hmm. Writers Guild, right? And so we're trying to decide who's going to be on the panel. And it's, and it's going to be a panel where it's like, we kind of give homage to all the shows that have like strong LGBTQ IA characters and et cetera, et cetera. So we got to Roseanne and everybody's like, hmm, should we even put anybody representing? I'm just going to be real. I'm telling y'all motherfuckers. Um, should we even put it out there? And everybody, the consensus really was, do we even want to support that? You know, even though there's a character on there that represents us well, what about she's the face of it all and we know what she stands for? So we're like on the fence about, is it about creativity or is it about, you know, what we believe in for ourselves? And in the end, we were like, we're not putting her on there. Just, I we, think, we did the same thing with Rise because yeah. they changed the, the lead character think, to a straight guy. I think so now we're living in really dangerous times. Right. We've gone backwards. Um, I forgot who the gentleman was on TV. He said, it's, we've, we've kind of gone into a decline, the declination right. of, of what America stands for. And I think 
a lot of us are going to have to start rethinking this whole thing about being on the fence and like letting other people have a view, even though it's counter, when it's death for a lot of us. So if we're going to be real about some stuff, I think we need to be really open and honest. Like I'm all for redemption because you know Malcolm X is one of my heroes. And if I can forgive a pimp, (laughs) <laughs> dope fiend X Nation Islam like my daddy right. and have him have that growth to be like the inspiration that he is that keeps me motivated and right. being forgiving to people and giving people an opportunity to go through some shit right. and come through the other side okay mm-hmm. a part of me because I gotta act like a grown person <laughs> even though half the time I don't want an adult as much as possible I think we have to be willing right. you know even okay. though I will clap back the clap back will come <laughs> but as black women we will clap you back, give you an opportunity, and we can smooth you over and get you on the right side of history. Okay. I just just don't know. Um, I'm just hoping that this see, does not see, affect well, on my block. See, yeah, okay, I'll just say this last thing. See, to me, it's like this girl on the show, it's like she's young. She can make these statements. She's able to, she's able to have her point of view changed. Someone like the orange pig in the White House, you know, he doesn't have, look, he's demonstrated that. I see you laughing, Rob, over there. He can't change his whole hookup at all. He's not going to change his hookup at all because he's he's shown over like a 45, 50 year career um, what he's about. What he's about. And this girl, but she's she's under 30. Right, we don't even know her. You know, she, she, I mean, look, she could change. She could change in like a month, two months. Something could happen to you like, oh, that's watch, Just watch On My Block. Peep, Lost in Space. Let us know your thoughts on Lost in Space. We're just talking about the pilot, because like I said, I'm watching the fourth episode tonight, and I'll make my final decision whether I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, I am tethered to Will and the robot. Go back and watch... <sighs> The Expanse, if you haven't watched The Expanse. Don't talk about it too much because they're going to cancel it. You know the things that I love, they cancel. Don't speak too loud. You also watch the show. Don't speak too loud. Don't you ruin it. I love came on on Friday too. Um, Bosch on Amazon. Oh, God, yeah. Great fucking show. If you haven't seen that, you're slipping. (laughs) That's what's up. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. Uh, Well, thank y'all. That was fun. That was fun. Where you at, Beandra? What's your hook? Well, you know, I have I always have uh, craft questions for y'all. I don't know if y'all want to go into on the next episode. We'll we'll do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just happy to be here. I'm a writer. Um, Been in L. A. for a little bit under well about a year now. Yeah. Um, I didn't really set you up, but sometimes we let the young writers sit in with us, and so she came in. I was like, you know what? We're gonna put her on the mic. Why not? We was talking about B anyway. I so. love podcasts. Hey, shout out to everybody who went to Coachella who paid that money and ruined Coachella for the rest of us back in the old days when we went when nobody was going out there. And it was like, yes, like, we could walk around and afford food like and bring our liquor in. Ago, and I loved it. And now it's... It was like 30 people there, wasn't it? Was like, it, was, it was too hot. The good old days. It was good. Heat is good. We talking about heat is good. So where are you on? Did you say your Twitter? I am. I'm, I'm beandria.com spelled out. Beandria is like Andrea with a B-E in front of it as one word. Okay. Where you at, Chris? Unauthorized <clears throat> CBD on Twitter, Instagram. Shadowbox. Shadowboxercinema.net. Cool. What about you, Lisa Lee? I'm on What Fresh Hell Is This? On Instagram and Twitter. You know I'm a Twitter fiend. (laughs) Hey, shout out to all my fam um, on the Saturday Night Sci-Fi tag. Um, Shout out to Graveyard Sister. She had she did the Friday the third. She did Friday Night Horror on Friday, and then of course my whole Saturday Night Sci-Fi crew. And I'll be seeing most of them at Universal Fan Con in two weeks. So shout out Baltimore. We about to be in that bitch. (laughs) All the fans, all my Twitter peeps, all the people who did the Kickstarter to make Universal Fan Con happen, which is basically a bunch of us on Twitter who are fans and friends and one. Wanted to have an accessible convention where people 
um, of all stripes, all abilities can come and hang out. And they did that shit. And I want to shout out to all of us who were the vintage OGs who <laughs> put the money in for the Kickstarter and made it happen. Right. I'm number 36. <laughs> My little $50. <laughs> that shit adds up. It adds up. And uh, shout out to us because the cool thing about it was those of us who uh, gave money on the Kickstarter, just being friends, like, yeah. let's just go hang out together. They made it so that, that we're members for life so we never have to pay ever again. We're always going to be able to come. So yeah, I'm exactly. looking forward to just seeing all my Twitter peeps like um, Geek Soul Brother, mm-hmm. um, Clark, just all my people who yeah. just be chopping it up and who make money moves and just, up. you know, pop culture stuff. All right, y'all. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, please go on iTunes, give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics, shit like that. Wait, who was that on Twitter who was talking about me and snacks and the candy? Everybody <laughs> I don't know He said we should have A Patreon So uh, Lisa stuff. Don't be putting that Out there I don't eat that much candy We do have a Patreon We, we, we just We're about to drop it Any day As a matter of fact By the time he this comes out He buys the candy oh, yeah. And yeah. the stuff That's this not me y'all By the time it comes That's out By the time this comes out Yes of course uh, We'll be ready to go um, Let me think Anything else A lot of good shit oh, going on Sam if Shout out to my boy Sam. I'm, I can't help it. I'm so excited. Come on, you gotta let me. Sam, my my See brother, my brother from another mother, Sam J. Miller, whose book Blackfish City drops on Tuesday. You know he's my What's brother up, from Sam? another mother. Sam. I love you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, probably, if um, you're in Baltimore or around in New York. So yeah, his book drops, and he's been on our podcast. And oh, that's my awesome. boy. He's that's awesome. my boy. That's what's up. Um, so y'all know how we do it on. Y'all was about to get you out. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. How do we do? On this show, we keep it real. Do we? We keep it opinionated. Really? We keep it one, everybody. Uh-huh. Wakanda. Wakanda. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rant room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.